0: 1 Samuel uh, chapter 2 verse 12, Genesis 1-3, God said, let there be light. The, The condition of God bringing forth light was that everything was darkness. There was formless and void. The Hebrew tohu bohu, chaos and disorder. So there was darkness, there was chaos, there was disorder. And then God's word came forth and said, let there be light. I say all of that to say this, that that God doesn't need light in the world. In fact, God takes four days to create the sun. The, the light came from God's word. He doesn't need favorable conditions. God doesn't need the right conditions, the, the, the right people in government. Now, He wants the right people in government, but He doesn't need it for His light to go forth. What God does need, what God does need is the Holy Ghost moving. The Bible says the Spirit of God was, was dynamic, not static, was hovering. Over the face of the waters, and God said that there be light. What what God is looking for in the earth is a church where the, the, the that celebrates the moving of the Spirit and the proclaiming of God's word. I'll say that one more time just in case. What God is looking for, what the earth needs is a church that celebrates the moving of the Holy Spirit and the proclaiming of God's word. Somebody say Amen. So we're going to pick up the story. This is the story of a transition between Eli and Samuel. Between Eli and Samuel. Eli was the priest of Israel. Samuel is is a miracle baby. Hannah is barren. She goes to the temple. She has a double offering, but she doesn't leave the temple. Everyone else leaves to go feasting. She ain't got no feasting in her because her rival provokes her at the feast. Peninnah provokes her because Peninnah can have babies, but Peninnah can't have uh, Elkanah's affection. Hannah has Elkanah's affection, but no babies. In this life, you'll find that uh, something that you've you you, you you've got to understand that you're always going to walk through is that what you're lacking, someone else has, and what, what you have is lacking in... So- it's just... It's just kind of like a default position, but, but don't settle for that. Hannah's like, well, you know what? I, the same God who closed my womb can open it. Eli says, put your wine away from you, woman. Why are you drunk in church? She says, this is not, I'm not drunk. I haven't touched any liquor. She says, this is sorrow of the heart. I'm pouring out my complaint. And then Eli, because he's the anointed priest. Now, he's backslidden at this point. He's backslidden. He is backslidden, but he's still anointed. I wish the anointing would leave when I backslide. It would just help me to unbackslide. But because he's in the office of a priest, the anointing is on the office. That means you can you can be a hundred miles from God and not even realize it. You can be like Samson, shook himself as at other times, but did not realize the Lord had departed from him. And Eli says to to her, he says, Go and may the Lord bless you and grant your request. And the Bible says, It came to pass that Elkanah knew his wife and she conceived and brought forth Shmuel, brought forth Samuel, heard heard God hears. So now verse 12, uh, Samuel has been dedicated. She dedicated him to the Lord. She's dropped him off at the temple. He's serving in the temple says in in verse 12 of chapter 2, it says, Now the sons of Eli were corrupt. They did not know the Lord. And the priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered a sacrifice, the priest's servant would come with a three-pronged flesh hook in his hand while the meat was boiling. Then he would thrust it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. And the priest would take for himself all that the flesh hook brought up, so they did in Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there. Also before they burned the fat, the priest servant would come and say to the man who sacrificed, Give meat for the roasting to the priest, that he will not take boiled meat from you but raw. And if the man said to him, They should really burn the fat first, which is in accordance with Levitical laws, then you can take as much as your heart desires. He would then answer him, No, but you must give it now, and if not I will take it by force. Therefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord. For men abhorred the offering of the Lord. Men abhorred the offering of the Lord. What, what, a, what a sad thing. How, how, we, how we treat the offerings. How we treat finance. How we treat giving in the church. That the integrity around that is, is so crucial. But the sons of Eli were, were, were corrupt. They, they, they were corrupt and they, they would just take They would just extract. They wouldn't. Verse 18, but Samuel ministered before the Lord, even as a child wearing a linen ephod. His mother would make him uh, a new ephod every year as he grew, and she'd come and visit. Uh, And then Eli would bless Elkanah and bless Hannah and have more children, and she ends up having five other kids. She had six. Uh, Let's go down to uh, verse 26. It says, and the child Samuel grew in stature in favor with the Lord and with men. Then a man of God came to Eli and said to him, Thus says the Lord, did I not clearly reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? And then he, he issues a, uh, a prophecy that Eli's house is going to, to diminish and that a sign will be that both of Eli's wicked corrupt sons, Eli, uh, Hophnius and Phinehas, Hophni would, would die on the same day. They would die on the same day. Now, come with me real quick. I'm trying to skip through this as quickly as I can. Go to chapter 3, verse 1. Chapter 3, verse 1 says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. The boy Samuel ministered to the Lord. The boy Samuel served is another word for minister. The Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. What a sad state. Let me just say this, just to to try and expedite this, this message. Um, The the, the state of the priest, the condition of the priest is directly correlated to the condition of the nation or in reverse, the state of the nation is a direct reflection of the state of the priesthood. The, The state of the church in America is directly correlated to the state of the nation in America. If the church is silent, the world loses its way, Liam Amatesius. When the church loses her voice, the world loses its way. The, the condition of the, the reason Satan attacks the church, he attacks the voice of the church, he attacks the priest. The voice of San Diego writes writes hit pieces really to attack the prophetic, to mock and make fun of the prophetic word, the, a righteous word, a justice word that is flowing from this house. An attack is written, it is leveled to discourage the prophetic because the condition of the priesthood is a direct correlation to the condition of the nation. Satan wants to destroy the nation. He wants to destroy nations because nation and nations are filled with people, and he's the destroyer. Revelation reveals him not only as a deceiver, but also as a destroyer. And standing in the gap, standing in the way, standing in the last line of fire is the church of Jesus Christ. And so I refuse on my watch to back up, to give up, to let up, but instead we're going to step. Up, somebody say, Amen. Are we gonna speak the word of God into the darkness? Someone say, Amen. So, since it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down, his eyes had begun to grow dim so that he could not see before the lamp of God went out it can almost as i read those words they were so rich they were they were punching me in the face pastor john because i'm like My God, it's like in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. You know, it's like when we came to San Diego, they're like, if you want to build a big church, whatever you do, shut down any prophetic, shut down any moving in the spirit, shut down any operating in the gifts of the spirit, releasing in the gifts of the spirit. You know, the the word of the Lord was rare in those days. And it came to pass the church was lying down. The priest was lying down. And not only was he lying down, but his eyes had begun to grow so dim so dim that he could not see. He couldn't see what was going on. He couldn't say, well, you know, we're not just, you know, we're not going to get involved in the Roe v. Wade. In fact, anything controversial, we're just not going to, you can't see the destruction. You can't see the demise. You can't see the corruption of institutions like Disney. You can't see the censorship. You can't see the silencing. You can't see the attack of the enemy. You can't see the wicked coming in like a flood. You can't see the agenda to not just abort our children, but then to pass laws. To kill them after they're born, you can't see. You can't see that that uh, that uh, trans Bible, a trans library reading hour is, is 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 insane. The church, we can't read the Bible to 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 preschoolers, but they're allowed to come in in drag and they have, dra- I, I, you, but but you know, the church is lying down. A church that's lying down is losing its sight. In fact, maybe it's lying down because it's lost its sight. It's no longer able to see. Its vision is growing dim. And then it gets worse. The lamp of God was going out. The lamp of God if you imagine a candle in the wind just flickering, the lamp of God was, was almost going out. It looks bleak. It looks dark. It's like, man, where, where is the church? We've got New got We've got 2,000 mules coming out on Friday night where we know that, that this administration is illegitimate. No, no, nobody with, you know, with two functioning brain cells <laughs> believes... That, that let's go Brandon won the election. No, nobody believes it. nobody believes it 81 million votes you're yeah, right. No, nobody believes it like the, the, the guy can barely string a sentence he's, he's shaking hands with people that aren't there he's Oh, but he's the most popular he, he won more more black vote than Barack Obama. You, you're right. sure he did. Illegitimate leadership is a thief and a robber. It never never bodes well. So the the lamp looked like it was extinguishing. The the high crime, the the high inflation, the baby formula. Are are we shocked? These are the people who are threatening violence if Roe v. Wade is overturned. Do, Do you really think, oh, well, you know, Obviously once they're born then we'll take care of them. We just we just love to slaughter them in the womb, but once they're born, the, the same people that want to that are advocating and fighting to slaughter them in the womb, do you really think they they, they care about baby formula after they're born? How you do anything is how you do everything. You're unfaithful in lease. you're unfaithful in march. So while, while Samuel was lying down. The Lord verse 4 called Samuel, and he answered, here I am, so he ran to Eli, he ran to Eli, said, here I am, you called me, he said, I didn't call, Lay down again, and he went and lay down, then the Lord called yet again, Samuel, so Samuel rose up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. He answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called to Samuel again the third time. So he rose and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. And then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lay down and it shall be. If he calls you, you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay in his place. Now the Lord came and stood. And called it as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And so Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel, which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day, I'll perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And it goes on and it talks about how uh, Eli's two sons will, will die on the same day because of their wickedness. because of of how corrupt they had become. Uh, So let me give you a few quick thoughts just just in in the the time that that we have. Um, The first, first thing here that's really important is discipleship is the key. Discipleship is the key. The Bible says that Eli comes to his sons and he says to his sons, what you're doing is not good. What is this report that I hear from the people? Not, not, hey, sons, sit down. You guys represent the Lord. You guys carry the lamp in Israel and you're corrupt. The Bible says that the sons of Eli were so corrupt that not only were they stealing the offerings, but they were sleeping with the women at the door of the temple. That means as, 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 people were getting saved, as as women were getting saved, before they knew better, before they'd consecrated their hearts to the Lord, they were were sleeping, they were seducing them, they were sleeping with them while they were in a vulnerable state. They, They did not care about the Lord, they did not care. But because of Eli's lack of discipleship, because of his discipleship fail, he literally positioned his sons not on a path to life, but on a path to destruction. I, I, cannot, I cannot emphasize this enough. As I was reading this, the word of the Lord came to me. And he says, Eli could preach. Eli could prophesy. Eli could minister. E- Eli, Eli could bring the word of the Lord. Eli could lead. Eli could bring atonement. All of those things are celebrated. You know we want to be on the platform oh, i want to preach i got a word from god man i can prophesy i can minister man i cast out demons i hear but but all of those god says are uh, no substitute or replacement for discipleship because eli failed as a father to disciple in his own house his sons were removed from a pathway to life and legacy and were put on a pathway of death and destruction. We have to be a discipleship church. If we do not disciple, we, we literally set people up on the wrong path. We set people up on a pathway to, towards, being, towards their demise. That the house of Eli was diminished and ended up being finished because of a lack of discipleship, because discipleship requires correction. It requires instruction. It requires difficult conversations, and it requires discipline when people have transgressed. But none of those things are fun. None of instruction, correction, difficult conversations discipline and because of that the sons of Eli now here's the test for Samuel when the word of the Lord comes to Samuel who's just a boy Eli says to him tell me what the Lord says do not hold back and the first test the word of the Lord now came to Samuel the first test of Samuel is Samuel rose up and he told Eli everything read it for yourself everything that the Lord had said to him including God is removing the lamp from your house God is extinguishing the light from your house you will die on the same day that both of your sons perish the sign of the lord is both of your son- little little samuel is not is not intimidated he's not fearful he's not woke he's not compromising God finally, while one light is diminishing, while one light is is extinguishing, while one light is going out, another light is rising. I want to, to tell you today that I know that there's some churches that once stood in the light, that once were the lamp bearers in the United States of America and around the world. But fear not, when we see those lights diminishing, God has got a Shmuel. God has got a Samuel. God is, God is raising up. Out of the darkness is coming a brand new light a brand new voice somebody say amen what's interesting is if you if you uh, understand the, the 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 fourth turning is there are four cycles there are four cycles there's the prophet generation the nomad generation the hero generation and the artist generation the prophet generation the nomad generation the hero generation and the artist generation and and th- these are these are these are uh, 20 year cycles and Over over an eighty year lifespan, all four are at play at once. But God is right now right now what we're about to see because in times of crises. We see in times of unraveling is where the hero generation is rising. And I believe that the hero generation is rising because God is bringing forth the Samuels. What's interesting about Samuel is that Samuel, before he became a prophet, the Bible says, and Samuel judged Israel. Samuel judged Israel. What is a judge? It didn't say that Samuel wore a wig and and sat behind a, with a gavel. That's not the kind of judge. Samson was a judge, but he never wore a wig. Jephthah was a judge. Gideon was a judge. Deborah was a judge. The judges were people that refused to to bend to the culture. They They refused to let the culture determine what they were preaching These were the judges that said, hey, listen, you as a church, you as a people, Israel, have become like the nations around about you. You you think by blending they're going to leave you alone, and they would speak up and they declare it wasn't popular to be a judge. It wasn't popular, but they were the ones that saved Israel and brought peace to Israel. Can I just tell you, on Awakened Church right now, God is raising us up to be a judge in this hour, in, the, in the, the Bible sense of the word, because we refuse to back up and we refuse to go silently in the night. We refuse to let the lamp of God be extinguished in the world. We're going to tell tell the world what the Bible says. And we don't do it out of spite. We don't do it out of hate. We, you know, we, we do it out of love because we love people. In our house, we understand the need for discipleship we understand that we don't just do ministry. We don't just do preaching. We don't just do prophecy. We don't just do events. We understand discipleship. We understand that discipleship is essential. The future of the church is directly uh, correlated to the strength of the discipleship today. If we're not having difficult conversations, if we're not bringing correction, if we're not bringing instruction. If we're not bringing discipline when we lack discipline, we're not discipling. And what we're doing is we're literally setting God's legacy on a pathway towards demise and destruction. That can't happen. Somebody say amen. Samuel rises, and and the the conditions around Samuel right here, right now, is Israel goes to battle against the Philistines. And as they go to battle against the, the Philistines, The Philistines hear a roar because backslidden Israel have picked up the ark and they've taken the ark of the Lord into the battle. And there was a roar in Israel. And the Bible says when the Philistines heard the roar, they realized that God was among the children of Israel. And so the Philistines said this to themselves. They said, come, God is fighting for Israel, the same God who parted the Red Sea, the same God that brought judgments on Pharaoh, Philistines, fight with everything you have because your livelihood depends on it. And the Bible says, so the Philistines fought with everything they had and they defeated Israel and they captured the ark and they took the ark down to, to Gath. Human effort, human effort was greater ...than the ark going into battle. And I said, God, how could that be? And he says, because when a backslidden generation... ...and when a backslidden people and a backslidden priest... ...only reach out to me when they need something... ...only when, w- w- reach out to me when they want something... ...my power won't be present. My power won't be there to preserve... And the the world stole the power of God. We live in a generation where it's it's tarot card reading, it's mediums, it's witches, it's witchcraft, and the church has lost. But I'm telling you, the ark is coming back, the power is coming back, God is raising up a new generation. But at the time of Samuel, the power of God is is diminished, it's stolen from the land. At the time of Israel, the Bible says that when 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 uh, Eli and Hophni, when the ark was stolen, the two sons of, of Eli, sorry, Hophnius, Hophni and Phinehas, Hophni's wife was pregnant. And when they heard that the ark was, she gave birth and she died giving birth. And she named the baby Ichabod. Ichabod means the glory has departed. The glory has departed. And then the Bible says, when Eli heard, he was sitting on a bench, and he inquired, he says, what, what, what's the shout? And the shout is, Israel has been defeated. Th- like 40,000 men have perished. Your, both your sons died on the same day, and the Philistines have captured the ark. The Bible says that Eli fell backwards and broke his neck. It was a time of national tragedy, power of God was lost the priest was dead his sons were dead and the glory had departed from the land but it was in that moment that Samuel rose in the darkness the title of this message is out of the darkness what God brings out of the darkness. We can look out right now and say, my God, it's bleak. My God, it's dark. We've got midterms, but the, 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 the Democrats super PACs, they've they got millions of dollars and they're funding this and they're funding that and, and they're trying to pass these laws and pass that laws. And man, it just seems so overwhelming. And say, so I want you to know that, that God is raising up a church and there may, be, there may be the glory has departed from one place, but you need to understand the earth is the Lord's and its fullness thereof. God's lamp will not go out in the nation. All that God does is He transfers the lamp from one to another. The lamp never gets extinguished. Jesus walks among the seven golden lampstands in the book of Revelation. There are seven golden lampstands. All God does is you once had the lamp, but you decided to go woke. So now I'm going to find an unwoke church, and I'm going to put the lamp over here. You once were the light of the world. You once walked in my light, but then you got familiar with the light. You you stopped. You you went weird in the light. So I'm going to take that light, and I'm going to put it over here here with Charlie Kirk. I'm going to take that light. I'm going to put it with Candace Owens. I'm going to take that light. I'm going to put it here with Dennis Prager. I'm going to take that light. I'm going to set it over here with David, David Harris Jr. I'm going to take that light. But God's light is in the earth. But I honestly believe that we're in a season right now where God is raising up the prophetic. But you need to understand the prophetic is attacked. The, the Jezebel goes after the prophetic. When, when, when Herod Captured John. Why, why did he capture John and put him in prison? Shoplifting. Sorry. Um, uh, no, he didn't pay his taxes. No, hang on. Uh, thievery. No. Um, breaking and entering. What, what? He captured John because the word of the Lord was with John. and a broad judge. So he puts him in prison, trumped up charges. But even being in prison didn't silence him. Herod wasn't happy. Dinesh D'Souza, another lamp bearer. God's lamp is in the earth. And so he puts him in prison, but he's not happy until Herodiah says, I want him to be beheaded. We have to take out his voice. The hit piece in uh, Voice of San Diego, Voice of San Diego, why did they hit us? Because you ain't the Voice of San Diego. Oh, you want to be the voice of San Diego. You try and pretend to be the voice of San Diego. But there's a church that is threatening your power. It is threatening your influence. It is competing in the public square. It is competing... Competing in the marketplace because we are on assignment from heaven. We are on a mission from the Most High. And the mission and the assignment from the Most High God is to be the voice of San Diego. Crying in the wilderness makes straight the powers of God. We are the generation that is rising in the darkness. Come on, somebody. We are the hero generation. We are the prophet generation. We are the ones who are rallying the artist generation to write praise, to write worship, to put out albums that shift things in the heavenly realm. That bring hope, that bring faith, that bring love. When people were were, were, were shut up in their homes and and their businesses destroyed and their, their their children muzzled. Yesterday, I I was watching Paul Joseph Watson, another light bearer, and he talked about how all the all these uh, reports are coming out now, all these findings that that children are 2 3 years behind their development because children learn to speak by lip reading and because we had 2 years of mandatory mask wearing there are children and and it's similar to to them being or having autism the the the, the disability and the, the 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 lack of learning george r r martin who who features in um twisted He's on, as things move closer to God, they become, as things move further, I think that was his quote. But George R.R. R. Martin said this, that entrenched authorities cut out the tongues of men, not to stop them from speaking lies, but to keep them from telling the truth. Entrenched authorities cut out the tongues of men Not to stop them from telling lies, but to keep them from telling the truth. We live in an age right now where they're losing their ish because Elon Musk is buying Twitter that they had dominated. They had infiltrated because I'm telling you, there may be the, 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 the diminishing of one generation. There may be the diminishing of light. There may be diminishing an end to a priesthood over here. But I'm telling you, there's a new generation rising because of a backslidden priesthood over here. There's a new Samuel generation, one that hears from God and has the courage to speak even from his youth. He spoke what was the word of the Lord. He spoke what was correct because of a generation of church, a priesthood church that stopped discipling. God is raising up a generation that is unafraid and unashamed to disciple, to have the difficult conversations. Hey, I love you. God loves you as you are, but He loves you too much to leave you that way. I need to talk to you about this because this is a ceiling over your life. This is a a limit in your marriage. This is is not setting your children up for success. This is not going to Build a great legacy. It's going to rob your legacy. We have those conversations with people. Why? Because we love them. You can't tell me that you love someone if you don't tell them the truth. We're a generation that we hang on to the truth because God is truth. We love the truth. We will speak the truth and declare the truth. But we do it in love because we love people enough to tell them the truth. Come on. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Come on. Give God a great praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Lift your hands high to heaven. Heavenly Father, we thank you for a discipleship church. A discipleship church. Now, come on. I love the fact that we have great ministry. We have great programs. We have great preaching. We have great leaders and great leading. We have wonderful moves of the Holy Spirit. But none of those, none of those. Eli, I mean, yeah, Eli was doing all of those. But he wasn't bringing correction in his own house. He wasn't bringing correction in his own house. Father, let every one of our campuses have leaders that are lions. You know what I love about lions? When a lion smells the DNA of another lion coming into its territory, because it marks its territory, it goes after that thing to take it out. Because it protects its own. It protects its young. Father, let us have lion leaders, lion not sheep that have the conversations. Just, just just break off any spirit of timidity right now. We're called to make disciples. Disciples means you have to have a, an awkward conversation, a difficult conversation. But you know what? You can do it, and you can do it well if you love them. The Bible says, those who God loves, are you also? Chastises those who God loves, He also disciplines. We don't discipline out of you know any any weird perverted delight. We, we we do it because we love people. We do it because we love people. Eli said, you know what, I'm not gonna discipline my sons. And he set his sons literally on a pathway towards destruction. Let's never be that church. Let's never be. Oh, can you remember back in the 2005 to 2020 something where there was that great church in whatever happened to awaken well they didn't disciple the next generation so they were the next generation rose up they were corrupt with the offering they were full of fornication they were sleeping with they were committing adultery with the with the women and the god had to god had to move the the lamp and put it somewhere let us never be that church wow what an amazing word i hope you enjoyed that as much as i did